KMTT, Kimixion, Tetzetora, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. Rav Binyamin Tabori. Rav Ches Iyar was designated as Yom Yerushalayim. Leman Sion, Lo Echashe, Uleman Yerushalayim, Lo Eshkot. For the sake of Zion, I will not hesitate in speaking. For the sake of Yerushalayim, I will not stay silent. The Shi'ur today is dedicated to the city of Yerushalayim and to try to understand fully the Kedusha of Yerushalayim as well as the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. It is well known that the Rambam in Hilchos Beis HaBechira says that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is dependent upon the Kedusha Rishona by Yoshua, when Yoshua entered Eretz Yisrael, they sanctified the land, but the Rambam thinks that Kedusha was dissipated at the time of the Galut. Kedusha Rishona That Kedusha did not remain permanent. However, the Kedusha of Yerushalayim was, had the first Kedusha which according to the Rambam, lasted forever. Eretz Yisrael did attain a certain Kedusha at the time of Ezra, and that Kedusha, what we call Kedusha Shniya, the second Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, remains permanent until this day. So the Rambam thinks that Kedusha Shniya of Eretz Yisrael, the second Kedusha is eternal, but the Kedusha of Yerushalayim, Kedusha Rishona Kitshalashata Vikitshalasalavo. The first Kedusha of Yerushalayim maintains its integrity, its Kedusha, until this very day, according to the opinion of the Rambam. Some people have asked if that would be true, would Chumotu Ma'asrot be Chayav Minatora in Yerushalayim today? Because the Rambam Paskins that although Kedusha Shniya Kitsha Lushata Vikitsha Lasilavo, Chumas and Masros are not Chayev today Midaraisa. Because we were only Chayev and Chumas and Masros at the time of Kedusha Rishona, because you needed the entire mass of Jewish people to enter Israel to give it the full concept of Kedusha, which would make it Chayev and Chumas and Masros. So people have asked, the Minchas Chinuch and others, if that would be true, then since Yerushalayim's Kedusha never became dissipated, the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is eternal, therefore today, theoretically, if we would have vegetation in Yerushalayim, it would be Chayv and Shumos and Masros. As a matter of fact, there is hardly any, if at all, vegetation in Yerushalayim. In fact, according to Midrash, there is a reason for this. Yerushalayim is a spiritual city and the people are to come to Yerushalayim and to bring their fruit, Ma'asr Sheni. They are to bring their fruit to Yerushalayim, La'ater Shuvakei Yerushalayim Beferot, to decorate, as it were, the marketplaces of Jerusalem. The idea was that in Yerushalayim itself there was no vegetation, but it's brought from outside. But theoretically, and on the rare occasions there are, that there are some types of, of 
vegetable, fruit and vegetables growing in Yerushalayim, would we be chayv and trumos and masros? The generally accepted answer, I think, is very important to understand the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. People generally explain that there's an inherent difference between the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is a physical Kedusha based on the very ground of Eretz Yisrael. The land itself has Kedusha. Therefore, what grows from that land, the vegetation from that land, is endowed also with Kedusha. The Kedusha of Yerushalayim is more of a spiritual concept rather than a physical concept. In the words of the Halacha, it's a Kedushat Avir and not a Kedushat Adama. The Kedusha is somehow in the very air, but it's not rooted in the ground. The Kedusha of Yerushalayim never would have created a Chiyuv and Shumas and Masros. The, because the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is not related to the ground. The only reason that anything growing in Eretz Yisrael would be Chayim Chumas and Masros is because of the general Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha, according to the Rambam, existed only in the time of Bayis, uh, in the first Kedusha of Yoshua. But today, although Eretz Yisrael does have Kedusha, the second Kedusha did not create a Chiyuv of Chumas and Masros. Therefore, according to this, even what would grow today in Yerushalayim would not have the din of, of Trumos and Masros. The Rambam, when discussing the Kedusha of Yerushalayim, which he holds as extent, which, which he holds as eternal, thinks that the Kedusha mipnei hashchina shchina eina betela. The Kedusha is because of the shchina. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as it were himself, created the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. And that Kedusha cannot become dissipated. The Rambam says, if you'll study in Hilchos Beis HaBchira fairly clearly, the Rambam quotes the Pasuk, Vashimosi Es Mikdashechem. I will destroy the Beis HaMikdash. The Rambam uses this tragic phrase in order to show that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is permanent. Although it will be destroyed, it remains the Mikdash. The Kedusha of Mikdash is intact, and the Rambam can derive it from the Pasuk Vashimosis Mikdashechem. How do we know the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is intact? And the Rambam says Kedusha of Yerushalayim and Beis Mikdash is complete today. The answer, of course, is that the Rambam thinks that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is the Kedusha of the Mikdash. Perhaps there are different levels of the Kedusha of the Mikdash. But Yerushalayim is the Ir Sheyeshba Mikdash. It's the city which has the Mikdash. Since it's the city that has the Mikdash, the laws of Mikdash, to a certain extent, apply to Yerushalayim as well. Therefore, the Rambam, for example, thinks that Shofar is blown in Yerushalayim on Shabbos of Rosh Hashanah. Whereas, according to Rashi and many others, only in the Beis HaMikdash can we blow shofar on Shabbos, on Rosh Hashanah. means in the Beis HaMikdash. Then you can blow chatzotros, kol shofar, even on Shabbos. However, 
outside Yerushalayim, outside Beis HaMikdash, most Rishonim, many Rishonim think that when Shabbos, the Gzeira of Rabbah would apply and we don't blow Shofar. According to the Rambam, since the Yerushalayim has the Kedusha of the Mikdash, we would blow the Shofar on Shabbos, even on, on Rosh Hashanah, even if it's on Shabbos and all of Yerushalayim. Of course, I'm referring to Yerushalayim b'fnei I'm referring to Yerushalayim within the borders of the halachic area of Yerushalayim, which, had, which would have the real Kedusha of Yerushalayim. Many have discussed the mitzvah of, of Lulav, if this would apply to Lulav as well. Would we say today that Lulav is the Orisa all seven days? We know that in the Beis HaMikdash, the mitzvah of taking the Lulav was all seven days. Whereas outside the Beis HaMikdash, Big Vulin, the mitzvah is only the first day. Would we say that Yushalayim is like Mikdash for this point? It's a well-known discussion in Achronim, what the opinion of the Rambam indeed is, and in fact, today, there are certain people who are very machmir and are very careful when they go to Shalayim to take the lulav the whole week as if it were the Arisa in order to fulfill the Shita Saramba. When I said the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is because of the Beis HaMikdash, of course, there's another aspect to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is also the capital city of Yerushalayim, of Eretz Yisrael. It's Ir HaMalchus, the capital home of Malchus Beis David. The original capital city, well, although there were some movement among Malchus Beis David, but the concept of the capital city of Ir Abira is Yerushalayim. The halacha is that when a person comes to Yerushalayim, he would have to tear, if he sees Yerushalayim, Bechorbana. If he says Yerushalayim, when it's desolate, he must rip Kriya. There has been a great discussion today whether a person who comes to Yerushalayim would have to tear Kriya. It has been said and written in the name of Rabbi Salavechik that the question really depends upon what is the reason that we would tear a separate Kriya when we enter Yerushalayim. We do tear Kriya when we see any city in Arei Yehuda. And then we would tear an additional Kriya when we see Yerushalayim. And then we would ten, tear an, another Kriya when we see the Makam HaMikdash. So the cities of Yehuda have one issue which we will not enter right now, we will not develop right now. Why the cities of Yehuda? Why not the cities of all of Eretz Yisrael? But the Gemara says the cities of Yehuda, Haroa Arei Yehuda Bechabanam, Tears Kriya. And obviously, when you come to the Makam Amikdash, to the place itself where the Beis Amikdash is, and you can see the, the place where the Beis Amikdash stood, so I understand the reason for the Kriya. But why do you tear Kriya on Yerushalayim separately from the Are Yehuda? It is one of the Are Yehuda. The, at least partially so. The, uh, I said it's been said in the name of Salavechik, that we would have to analyze why do we tear Kriya in Yerushalayim? Is it because it's the city of the Mikdash and since the Beis HaMikdash is not rebuilt Bavoneinu, therefore we would tear Kriya on the Churban Abayis. The other possibility would be that we tear Kriya because Malchus Beis David, 
the autonomy of the Jewish people has not been established in Yerushalayim. It's the era Malchus, it's the era Bira, it's the capital city. And since that city has not, ha, does not have its own autonomy in time of the Gemara, time of all Rishonim, we had no autonomous government in Yerushalayim. Therefore, you would tell Kriya because of the loss of government. Many have explained that today the issue of tearing Kriya on, on, on Yerushalayim would depend upon this question. If we would say that you tear Kriya in Yerushalayim because of the autonomous aspect of Yerushalayim, perhaps today we need not tear Kriya because we do have Memshelet Yisrael. We do have a Jewish government in Yerushalayim. We seem to be the political leaders dominate Yerushalayim. It's not what we would hope for in terms of Malchus Beis David. But yet, there's a Jewish government, there's Atzmaut Yisrael, we have our own leadership, our own government. On the other hand, you might argue that if the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is because of the Beis HaMikdash, and tearing Kriya is because of the Beis HaMikdash, as long as the Beis HaMikdash is not rebuilt, so you would still tear Kriya on Yerushalayim. Rabbi Salvechik was inclined to think that you do tear Kriya on Yerushalayim today, Rav Shechter gave a shiur about this many years ago in Yerushalayim and brought the different opinions. At the end, he thought, if I remember correctly, that since there's a Machlokas HaPoskim, with the general psak is not to tear Kriya on Yerushalayim because of the general principle of Safek and Vilchas Havelus Lakula. And this for a reason that Rav Shechter explained in the article, is considered kedivrei hamekel ba'avel. Halacha kedivrei hamekel ba'avel. If one person says, lakula, we follow the more lenient opinion, and this is considered an avelus issue. We have explained so far that Yerushalayim is unique in two facets. It is the seat of Malchus based David, and also is the capital city of, of Eretz Yisrael. It would be interesting to note in davening and in benching how we relate to Yerushalayim. Let us begin with benching. We all know that there are three brachos, midaraisa in benching. The three brachos are the first bracha, Hazanas Hakol, who gives sustenance to everyone. The third bracha is Al-Aretz Valamazon, refers to Eretz Yisrael. And the third bracha is Bonei, some say Berechemav, some do not say Berechemav, Yerushalayim, Amen. Now, the Gemara says that these three brachas are all Daraisa. It's a mitzvah of the Torah to bench. The Torah says, V'achalta v'savata v'achta Hashem elokecha. And that mitzvah Daraisa has in it these three brachas. The words itself, of course, are not of biblical origin, but the concepts are of biblical origin. The Achalta V'sabat V'rachta includes somehow in it three brachos that we say every time we eat. Now, the fourth bracha, of course, Atov Ametiv, is, is an added by the Rabbanan, and that's not our issue today. We'll discuss the first three brachos. Where do you get it from? Where, from where do you get the fact that there are three brachos? So the first bracha, I understand, Hazana Sa'olam, that's v'achalta v'savata v'rechta. I can understand that. The second bracha that you mentioned in Eretz Yisrael, 
I somehow understand that too. Because I've been quoting the beginning of the Pasuk, but let's finish. You have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the bracha that He gave you, for the good, for the good land that He gave you. The good land is Eretz Yisrael. But that's the second bracha. The third bracha has in it Yerushalayim. Where is that in the Pasuk? The Pasuk said, Apparently, Eretz Yisrael is not complete without Yerushalayim. When we talk about Eretz Yisrael, it's not Eretz Yisrael outside Yerushalayim. Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim is the center, the essence of Eretz Yisrael. Not only that, but you see from here an additional thing. The Gemara says in Brachas that anybody who did not say Malchus Beis David in benching did not fulfill his obligation. If you did not mention the kingdom of David when we bench, you actually did not fulfill your obligation. Now, why would that be true? I said, Okay, maybe we can say Eretz is Eretz Yisrael. Tova, we might say Yerushalayim. We might say that Eretz Yisrael is not complete with Yerushalayim. But how did we get Malchus based David in here? You see from here that not only is Eretz Yisrael not complete without Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim is not complete without Malchus based David. Malchus Beis David is an essential part of Yerushalayim. So we say, Rachem Hashem Esra Alemecha V'atzim Rechem V'amishken Tvodecha V'amalchus Beis David Meshichecha All this is included in the concept of Allah Eretz HaTov HaShem Asamlach And if a person would not say this correctly, then he did not fulfill the Chiyuv of Birchas HaMazon Min In Davening, in Shemona Esrei, of course, we have the special bracha of Yerushalayim. But that bracha seems to be quite problematic in its text. We say, We beseech HaKadosh Baruch Hu to return to Yerushalayim and live in it as he as you said. And rebuild it, an eternal building. And prepare, establish the throne of David, your servant. Now, this bracha is about Yushalayim. Why do we men- mention Malchus Beis David? In fact, there's another bracha immediately following. After you say, Right afterwards we say another bracha of David. Why do we say a bracha and mention Bonei Yerushalayim and we mention Malchus Beis David in the bracha of Yerushalayim Yercha? According to what we said, somehow it does make more sense. Because when we make a bracha about Yerushalayim, we, t- we mean Yerushalayim in its full sense of the word, in its full sense of meaning. The idea of Yerushalayim is not just a city. It's a city which has Malchus based off it. So, although there are different texts in the bracha, and we'll relate to a little bit of it. The standard text of most people today is as I said before. 
In the Lubavitch Siddur, and if I remember correctly, Rav Salavechik thought that this would be the more proper text, the order is reversed. We inverted the last two psukim in order to have the words before the bracha, Bonei Yerushalayim, with the last words we would say, You should rebuild an eternal building, an eternal establishment, and then you attach that to the bracha, Bonei Yerushalayim. The reason for the Lubavitcher Minik, and one which was endorsed, it seems to me, by Rav Salavechik, is that we have a principle that the last line before the bracha should be me'ena chasima. The bracha should be reflecting what was the last words we said before it. And we'll find other examples that are problematic in this area, and it's interesting to see how both the Lubavitcher custom and Rav Salavechik's thoughts somehow meet on many of these occasions. But the principle of Meina Chasima is a well-known halachic principle. Now, what is the bracha here? The bracha is Bonei Yerushalayim. So, therefore, it makes sense that the last words before you say that should connote something to do with Bonei Yerushalayim. And the way most people have in their sitter, we say, and then we say, and then we say, so we've instituted an element foreign to Bonei Yerushalayim when we said, in between and Bonei Yerushalayim. Of course, according to what we've explained before, the custom the general accepted custom can yet be explained, I think, very nicely. Because when we say, David when we talk about Malchus Beis David, that is part of Bonei Yerushalayim. That is inherent in Bonei Yerushalayim. When we say Bonei Yerushalayim, what does Bonei Yerushalayim mean? Bonei Yerushalayim actually means to build the Beis HaMikdash as well. It also means that Malchus Beis David should be reestablished. And it's very interesting, in the Sefer called the Tanya Rabasi. The Tanya Rabasi is a Rishon that was written by a Rav Yechiel, Rabbi Yamin Harofe, a person who lived in Rome, who wrote a Sefer which is basically like a sort of a Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. There are many editions of the Sefer Atanya. One of my good friends, Harav Gedalia Felder, Zechatzadik Levracha, published his own edition of the Tanya Rabasi with his extensive comments called Pri Yishurim. In the Inyana Tfilah, in his section on, on Tfilah, he quotes, Kishabanash Lamod Beit Hamikdash, Miyad Patchum Alachia Sharet Vamru Baruchata Hashem. Bonei Yerushalayim. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
enabled Shlomo to build the base Hamikdash, the Malachim sang Shira. And what did they say? Bonei Yerushalayim. Now, the bracha should have been about the base Hamikdash. Why did they say Bonei Yerushalayim? You see that when they built the base Hamikdash, then you think Yerushalayim was complete. The Chisei David Avdechamir Lesochatachin is also included in Bonei Yerushalayim. Not only is Beis Hamikdash included, but Malchus Beis David. Now, the interesting question, of course, is which precedes which? How does it work? What's the order? Because the Rambam in Mishnah Torah says clearly that the mitzvah building the Beis Hamikdash will come after Malchus Beis David. In the order of the bracha, the way that we said it, if the way we interpreted it, it seems V'dushalayim Yechab Rachim Tashuv would come before us, Semach David Avtecha. And if I say V'dushalayim Yechab would include Binyan Beis Hamikdash, then it would seem that the Pasuk does refer to the Binyan Beis Hamikdash before Malchus Beis David, unless we say that we include those words, V'chisei David Avdechim Elisochatachin, because that would be a prerequisite, as it were, for the Malchus Beis David. Everybody has pointed out that Rashi in Megillah, on Daf Ches, says, Kevan shenivnet Yerushalayim David. And Rashi says, the Gemara explains the order of Shmon Esrei. The whole order of Shmon Esrei is explained there in the Gemara in Brachas, in Megillah. And the Gemara gives the order and says that when Yerushalayim is rebuilt, then David will come. And Rashi says there, Achar yashuvu levet ha-mikdash uvikshu et david malka. After they build the base ha-mikdash, they'll look for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they'll seek HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and David HaMelech. So, it seems from this Rashi, that he thinks that Malchus based David will come after the Beis HaMikdash. The Rav Gershuni has a sefer on called Sofayich, a sefer on assorted topics dedicated to the memory of his daughter, and in this Sefer, he has a section called Yerushalayim Iran Netzach Lor Halacha, the eternal city according to, to the, to the Halacha. Uh, many of the sources that I quote and that I refer to are found in this particular article. But he quotes there Reb David Karliner. If David Karliner wrote a Sefer called Drisha Sion Yerushalayim, a Kuntris, Drisha Sion And he says there that it seems to be a mistake in Rashi. Because we really paskin that David HaMelech is a prerequisite for Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Be that as it may, our custom is to say both. To say both Vilu Shalim Yercha and then as Semach David Avdecha. Historically, the order of the brachas was different and it's not now the time or the place to go into the historical order but if you'll see in uh, Sidurim and scholarly articles, <coughs> you'll see that these brachas did not exist always the way we have them today. I'd like to just mention, in somewhat of conclusion, that the Rambam says, the halacha that I quoted before in Benching, that if a person does not say Malchus Beis David, he does not fulfill the obligation the Rambam says in Perek Beis Halach of Benching, the Rambam in Hilchas Brachas Perek Beis Halach Adalit says, "Call me Shalomar Malchus Beis David Bebrachazu Lo Yatsei Dechavasa." Excuse me. A person who did not say Malchus Beis David in Benching did not fulfill his 
obligation. And the Rambam says, Mipnei Shehi Inyan Habracha, because this is the essence of the bracha. And then he uses the, the phrase, She'ein Nechama Gemura Ela Bechazaras Malchus Beis David. The bracha of benching that we talked about, what we say, Rachein, in other Sidurim, in other texts, the bracha was Nachameinu Hashem Elokeinu. Not just Rachein, but Nachein, comfort us. And the Rambam explains that comforting us, bringing us Yerushalayim, is of course, to us today, a major comfort. But true Nechama, Nechama that the Rambam calls Nechama Gemura, is only when the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, is only when Malchus Beis David exists. Whether it's a prerequisite or not, which comes first is an interesting question. But the point is that Yerushalayim has Kedusha Ad Hayom Hazeh. The eternal Kedusha of Yerushalayim exists today. The Kedushat Avir of Yerushalayim, the special spiritual concept of Kedusha exists in Yerushalayim. What makes Yerushalayim special certainly is the aspect of being the capital city, the Irabira, and also the city of the Mikdash, which comes first is not exactly clear. <coughs> the Gemara in Bavakame, Dafzadi Tes, has a very interesting phrase about Yerushalayim. The Gemara there says, that there's a matbeya, there's a special coin. And what does that special coin have? So it says there that the coin is two-sided. On one side, it has the bracha of Yerushalayim. On one side, the malchus, the concept of Yerushalayim is on one side of the of the coin. We are waiting for both sides of the coin. It's true, we celebrate Yom Yerushalayim, but we hope and pray The bracha should include both Malchus based David and Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Then, our Simcha and Nechama will be complete.